Okay. Hi, everybody. The podcast is on purpose, and we are your hosts. I'm Dr. John Duffy, and with me is Chicago Tribune columnist Heidi Stevens. Good morning, Heidi. Good morning. How are we doing? I'm, uh, <laughs> we're good. We've been doing this for, like, I don't know, a few months, and we still, the, the technology vexes us. There's, <laughs> there's a board in front of us with a lot of things there's on it. There's lights. Yeah. They flash. Yeah. There's yeah. buttons. We I, look my, good. I think we look like we know what we're doing a little bit. I have, bit. like, recurring nightmares. One of them is that I'm still married to my ex-husband um <laughs> which has nothing to do with us but the other one is that like we accidentally end up on air like we're talking and suddenly it's like coming out of you know 7 20 a.m i love on people's that you're car radio that. so great <laughs> so I, I feel like one of those buttons is going to broadcast us to all of chicago because all of chicago <laughs> listens to wgn as you know yeah. right, right. <laughs> if you're over a certain age, <laughs> a certain demographic. And stuck in traffic. <laughs> All nine <And> of you. <laughs> Light FM is playing a bad Christmas song, so you switch to WGN. Which they are playing right, right. now. <laughs> or you're tired of the impeachment hearings. Yesterday, I was stuck in traffic. I, it was like one of those days of like, one kid needed to be on the north side, then then on the south side, and then the other kid needed to be on the south side, who was on the... I was in the car all day. Oh, you were Uber. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I was switching back and forth between the live impeachment hearings and Christmas music on Light FM, and like feeling like one or the other would drive me insane. I just wasn't sure which would do it, it did, more that, quickly. That, that rings of bipolar disorder. Yeah. Right? I, mean, <laughs> I know. <laughs> that was me in traffic. Although I'm not sure. Does Christmas music make you happy? Do you enjoy it? Like, I love Christmas music, but... but Now? Yeah. Like this time of year? I know. It's crazy because it's already snowed. It snowed on Halloween. Right? That's true. So now it's like the first snow, I'm ready for Christmas. Just bring it. And you feel like we're already there. We're totally. already and And is this a season... That you dig? Do you are you about the holidays? I am. Michael is not, so I have to like temper it a little bit because he's like, really? Can we? Okay. Uh- <laughs> and I think I, uh, Julie is definitely and more. So, she loves Thanksgiving. Yeah. And I have to fire up for that. Okay. Um. And but you know I. I like the idea of firing up for it. I just have trouble doing it. Yep. That's how Michael is. Yeah. He doesn't resent it. It's just not in his DNA to be like, <gasps> you know. Yeah. And it's, to me, it's a weird day. It's just a weird, like, it's Thursday. Yeah. So I feel like, well, this might be a lead-in into what we want to talk about. I feel like I'm supposed to be at work. Uh Uh-huh. You know what I mean? It's like, this is the middle of the week, and what are we doing here? It's 2 o'clock, and we're eating. This is ridiculous. (laughs) How weird is this? What a waste of time. Right, right. I'm surrounded by loved ones (laughs) with ample food on my table. This is bullshit. There are things to do. (laughs) This is yeah. This is what you're telling bullshit. me. I'm off tomorrow too. This is bullshit. <laughs> I'm not working on a Friday either. Last Thanksgiving, I am mortified to report. Um, Scott <laughs> Stantis, who is a uh, a cartoonist, yeah, um, he is. was hosting here at WGN where we record, uh-huh. and um, and he asked if I would come in on Thanksgiving <laughs> and and uh, and record his show with him, and, and you said. Absolutely not. That is a family day. No, that's not uh, what you I said. Not say- <laughs> <laughs> what time do you need me? Work on Thanksgiving? Yes. <laughs> it's the best thing that's ever happened to me. 
<laughs> my two favorite things, no holiday and work. You don't need me till four. I can be there by three. <laughs> and I don't think about the loved ones thing. You're right. Like, here are the people I love. Everyone's together. There's no, like, the. I don't are... think about the loved ones thing. What? I don't. Wait, back up. I'm saying, like, uh, on Thanksgiving, I don't think about what you're thinking about. I, I, it just seems like a hassle to me somehow. Uh-huh. We got to go get my mom and get over to my sister-in-law's house. And just all these things have to happen. Yeah. And then we have to reverse it all the way back at the end of the night and everyone's <laughs> tired and it just seems awful to me. And I never really think about like, oh yeah, uh, my family and the people I love are all there. And, right. You know, there's that too. There's that know? too. Tradition. And I'm preoccupied with the idea that, yeah. you know, like, well, there's, I probably should see some clients if they're available today. <laughs> Wonder how Hannah's doing. <laughs> God, the way Scott and I left things. Um, I this is reminding me, reminding me of something my dad said once. My dad was a commercial airline pilot and is retired now. But um, he talked about how um, any pilot you pick, any pilot, at least this is of his era anyway, and you say like, "All right, we got." A passenger in the back who's like freaking out and you know scared of flying and blah 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 blah, and we've got a wing that's on fire. Which one do you want to deal with? He said, ten times out of ten, the pilot's going to go give me the wing on fire. Like, at no human. I don't want any human stuff. I, I'm not dealing with humans. Like, they love to be like in a cockpit with like machinery. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like, give me machines. Give me a, you know, a calculation. Give me like an equation. I can figure the thing out. I can figure out physics. Like, I can keep a giant machine in the air, but like nothing where I got to deal with a human and like emotions. Right. Wow. And like nuance. Yes. Right. And, right, right. Right. Yeah. And uh, I just objectively, I can figure this stuff out. Right. right? I can angles. Give me geometry. Right. And... Black and white. Yeah. yeah. Right and wrong <laughs> solutions. I yes. don't want to like. Well, one human might want this but that won't work with this one like you know wow yes and right i think that's kind of like we you and i were going to talk about work a little bit today um i feel like that's kind of a, a metaphor right for why often we want to um just go to work right like going to work i have is, control there i know yeah. what i'm doing there yeah, yeah, I know my place. Yep. I know like on a flow chart where I belong versus like, yeah, where, what, whose good side am I on right now and the family whose bad side am I on? Who am I reading between the lines? Yes, with? yes. I mean, there's some of that at work because work is, you know, you work with other humans, right. but but less of it. Absolutely. I, I work with a lot of families and um, I can see in some parents who are um, who are in kind of a leadership positions at their job when they feel like, okay, there are 50 people. And if I say, I need this report by noon tomorrow, they'll stay all night in order to get that to me. But my 14-year-old will not sit down and do homework Uh and not look at Snapchat. I cannot Uh control this person. Yes. Let me go. I'm going to stay at work. I can't do this part. Yep. (laughs) Yes. That is exactly it. This is, it's all in my mind right now because, and I, Talked to you a tiny bit about this before we were on air, but or whatever we're on. I hope we're not on air. Oh, That's we're my nightmare. On air. <laughs> <laughs> we're on TV. We're on radio. We're being broadcast worldwide. <laughs> we're on CNN. <laughs> Turn off the impeachment hearings. John and Heidi are on. Uh, anyway, um, 
it's it's kind of a tumultuous time at my workplace right now, which, uh, you know, is actually the past 15 years have been kind of a tumultuous time at my workplace because I work in, you know, media and right. a dying industry within media, right? A, a legacy newspaper. Well, it's no. only been 15 years, so yeah. obviously it's just a, just a <laughs> it's moment. It's a blip. We're, <laughs> sure we're on the rebound. Pass. I'm sure it'll pass. I'm sure classified ads will come raging back one of these days. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, the business model doesn't work anymore, right? right no, but do you, do you know anyone who reads a newspaper? Like uh, reads a news, like a physical newspaper? Um, I I read uh, the Sun Times um, because I like the sports page. Okay. Um, so I read you know just the back end, and um, but I read the Tribune online. Tribune and online. And I read the uh, New York Times online and the Wall Street Journal online when I when there's something that grabs me there, which is rare. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. That's you know you're reading newspapers if not the physical one you're still yeah yeah. Um, my mom had a minor surgery this week. <clears throat> Excuse me, and she said they brought the newspaper to read while they were waiting, and the surgeon said. Um, is that a, is that called a newspaper? I've heard of them. I've never seen anyone reading one. And you know, she's like, ah, you know, my daughter works there, whatever. Um, you know, it's fine. My, uh, not funny at all. My grandchildren don't need to go to college. It's fine. Um, anyway, it's a tumultuous time. We, you know, the the to not bore everybody. There's just like yesterday, there was a new development where one shareholder sold all of his stock to another shareholder. This shareholder is a hedge fund that's known for kind of going into newspapers and decimating the staffs, right? So you know, there's some chatter at work. Yeah, I would imagine <laughs> some people listening have read about this and yeah. Are- Concern, maybe. right? Yeah. And we're all we all operate at the Tribune, and this is probably true of almost any newspaper in the country, except maybe not the New York Times, because um, they're you know they have more money than we do, right? Than anybody does. Anyway, it's fake news. It's fake news. It's, anyway. all, it's yeah. all made up. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's true of probably most newsrooms right now. You operate with a low level of panic all the time about losing your job, about the paper shutting down, about the paper, the print version of the paper shutting down yep. or the entire operation shutting down. It's just, it's just a given. It has been for a decade. Um, this week feels a little, you know, like that's been ramped up even a little more. <clears throat> and yet, and yet, and this is the part <laughs> that I think is interesting. We all keep coming in every morning and busting our tails. Yeah. Hustling. All day long, into the night, we, like, you know, hop on our laptops the second we get home. We monitor stuff all night. It's the last thing we do before we go to bed. All of us. Everybody does it. It's constant. There's no such thing as a day off. Like, you're checking from vacation. You're, you know, emailing your editor back on a Saturday. You're checking in at 11 p.m. with that one source. And it's like, why do we do this? Why? And this is not unique to my industry. What I, I... I'm so fascinated by the hold that work has on us as, I guess, Americans. I think so. Um, And, like, how much our self-worth is tied up in it and how rarely we pause and go, like, who's benefiting from this? Yeah. Me? My children? No. Um, my psyche, no. Uh, like, what is who? Who is this serving? And it's rarely the people who you would, if you had to write down like a list of the people you value, or or even the values that you hold. Like, it wouldn't line up. Oh my God, you're so right. It's making it literally. 
I, you're, you're making my stomach turn. I feel like, you know, can we change the subject to death? Can we change it? Can we <laughs> Cancer. Let's talk about cancer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is, this is bringing up something in me because I feel like, oh, yeah, like I um, – my, my best friends and I, we were – we all kind of um, grew up together and we all are very, very committed to our work. But it's not in a kind of like – positive, upbeat, aren't we grateful for the work we have and um, and for the time we take off. It's this martyrdom of, yeah. you know, like, I'm going to keep doing this until I can't keep my eyes open any longer. Until and it kills me. Until it kills and me. And it will kill me. Of course. And I wear that like a badge. Yeah. 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 And then that'll be it, right? Yeah. You know, and, the, and the idea of not working is almost like, oh, get a load of this one with the vacation yeah. thing. You're like... <laughs> <laughs> what a great bet. I get it. <laughs> Loser. <laughs> and we all feel like um, I, I, there's probably some false sense of self-importance. And I'm speaking for my friends and I, I think. Maybe just me. I don't know. Um, that, you know, like, if I weren't there, my God, everything would fall apart. Yeah. And, you know, that's not true. You know, like one day I won't be there and everything won't fall apart. Well, and also I think that we get addicted to the feeling of being asked to work, right? So like even Scott Stantis asking you to come in on Thanksgiving or like I fall prey to this and and Michael does too, like especially because our jobs, you know, we get asked to like go speak at a luncheon or yeah. go interview somebody at a bookstore or go. So there's always these side invitations and it's like, ooh, I matter. Like... You know, I applauded. That was me applauding, by the way. (laughs) And it's like this little endorphin, right, thing that happens where you're like, ooh, yeah, without pausing. I mean, you have to train yourself to pause. And I think this is true of a lot of jobs and pause and go like, okay, who does that serve? Right. Like so that so now I'm spending Saturday at you know, something that made me feel important by, you know, offering me an invite there. But like, okay, then what am I missing to go do that? But it's like, uh, it's interesting to me that it always is this um, eternal conflict instead of just a given, like, why would I work on a Saturday? It's not a given. I don't have to do that. I don't. Yeah. It's like, ooh, I might be able to work on us. Oh, I might be able to go to work on Thanksgiving. Oh, I might, like, what is that? It's it's madness. I would swear, just as an aside, that Julie Duffy called you this morning and said, <laughs> say this, say, say, say this thing. Whatever um, you guys are talking about in your marriage, I can guarantee Michael and I are talking about it too, work-wise. Because well, we, we do talk about like, you know, she's like, you say yes to every little thing, you know, like, um, like there's going to be a parade for you right. afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> and you walk out of something and you're like, you know, Where's no parade. parade. I'll wait for the next yeah. thing. You know, like, I guess I'll say yes to the next thing. Next thing it will work <laughs> That'll out. That'll be the parade. Right. No, yeah. but I don't that, – that, this commitment to overworking is I think kind of unique to a certain generation. Uh, you know, like I think about my father. So you talk about your dad. Um, I, a friend of mine's an airline pilot and – one thing I'm fascinated by about airline pilots is there are days where they're working really, really hard, and then there's four days where you're okay. You can't fly, like right. literally, like FAA regulations. You have to be home, right? 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 Yeah. You, Get a good night's sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Go do yoga. Take care of yourself. Yeah. Like my <laughs> friend Paul never did yoga, but yes. Okay, my friend Paul <laughs> goes and like hits, hits golf balls and like you know and does yoga and wow watches 
like a Cubs game. Amazing. On Wednesday. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. just like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> Wednesdays are for work, Paul. <laughs> all of them. Every Wednesday until you die is for work. There is never going to be a Wednesday where you can do that. <laughs> Who said? Who let you do this? <laughs> Paul, just fly. Just violate the thing. You should be flying all the time until you die. <laughs> and then I think about my son's generation. So George is 24. He's been working at Accenture um, for a little over a year. Um, His girlfriend works for Nielsen. They sometimes work from home. Uh, They're usually done by four or five-ish, you know. Um, And and they're kind of – they think – I'm crazy. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, well, why do you work until like nine at night? Why would you do that? We, you don't have to. Yeah. You know, and and there's nothing in me that believes you don't have to. I totally think it's generational. Like, I, I don't think it's generational in that like our generation uh, is the only one that has done it this way. I think the generation that your son belongs to and younger will be the one that stops doing it this I way. I totally agree. I, I, like, I have tried to sort of like pseudo unofficially mentor a, a number of young women, <clears throat> excuse me, at the Tribune, all of whom leave. <laughs> I take it personally. No, I I think I when I sense that someone is feeling disenfranchised there, I often feel like a little bit of a responsibility to like swoop in there and be like, look, this can be a hard place to work. It can be rough on your ego. People are it's the public. So anyway, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah, let's get let's get coffee. I do that a, f- a fair bit. So uh, often, despite my best efforts, <laughs> the people leave, and you know they're in their twenties and. And then we do like a little informal exit interview where I'm like, let me take you to coffee one more time. So like, what do you like? What's next? What, you know, what was the final straw or was it a slow buildup or like what? And every time they're like, I don't know why you're staying. Like, why? (laughs) It's not about me leaving. It's it's like, why does anyone stay here? Like, no one talks to like no one in charge talks to anyone. Like, you feel terrible about yourself. The hours are awful. There's no raises. You're always worried about it's terrible for my health. I dread like every Sunday night. I'm like, oh, tomorrow's Monday. And I'm listening to them. And I'm like, yeah. So anyway, what was the problem? Like, (laughs) when are we getting to the part where, right, where you were unhappy? Oh, 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 God. That Yeah, that's all true. But they are like baffled that anyone would put up with this. It's like, why would I let a job define my self-worth? Or why would I stay in a place that makes me feel bad? Or why would I work extra hours? Like, this is bullshit. Right, right. I'm out of here with no other job lined up. And I'm like, you're going, but we should, you... (laughs) My mom said, you can't do... (laughs) How do you know you matter? Right, right. No one's offering you a paycheck. You're you're the tree falling in the forest that nobody will ever hear. (laughs) Which is ridiculous and actually violates like everything I believe in. Because of course I think that like there are a thousand other ways that we matter other than work. Right. Way more important ways. I matter. What are they now? (laughs) (laughs) I can't think of any. No. (laughs) No, if I like if you put my kids next to anybody in my building, right. I would pick my kids nine gazillion times over anybody at work in terms of importance, right? But right. You're ne- we're never offered those kind of like black and white, like, okay, who's going to die? Your boss, your kids, like it doesn't, that's not how life works, right? <laughs> right. You don't get to make those heroic, like, yes, now I proved right. to the I world right. that my child is more important than my boss. But, <laughs> but just in terms of like, I, I know that I get 
fulfillment out of time with my family. I yeah. know that when I'm when I bring my A game to parenting and that can be in like the tiniest little moment that doesn't that's not like a you know honor roll trophy bullshit just like right, what right, I right. you know when we're having like a you know when we're laughing together right or like they come to me with something hard or whatever that is a thousand times more fulfilling and a better feeling than anything that ever happens at work. I can recognize that. For sure. Totally. For sure. Um, and yet, I do still feel this tug, and I know Michael feels it too, and we talk about it. And, you know, and this stuff affects marriages too. Um, of course. You know, it is it is hard to totally remove your value and self-worth from your job. And I don't know, should you? But I do think younger people are are able to do it. Uh, completely. People in their 20s. I, organically, easily, elegantly. Right. I don't think it really plays much of a role. They're not like unlearning something because they never learned it. Right. And so in my mind, I'm wondering, um, I, I think you and I are fortunate to have jobs that feel somewhat vocational, right? As opposed to like, this is a job I go to. I go to load the dock or I work on the assembly line or yeah. I do the, you know, I, I do the routine thing or I deliver the stuff, you know, like, um, I would imagine that you specifically are a writer for a reason. You mm-hmm. enjoy it. it. It's, uh, you're passionate about it, yeah. obviously. Um, and I feel that way about, about my work. I wonder if there's a difference. Um, but when I think about young therapists that I know, you know, like we've talked to therapists and, I've said, hey, we have a lot of referrals. It'd take a lot of hours of your time if you're going to work here. Yeah. Um, well, I have like six hours, you know, like, yeah. and I'm like, oh, God, no. Like, it's yeah. going to be a lot more than that. <laughs> right. And, and yet there is – I get tired of the phrase work-life balance because I was at Cheryl Sandberg or somebody was really clear, like, mm, I'm not sure you can ever really achieve that. So yeah. we're overstating the capacity to make that happen yep. hour by hour. Yep. But – in in our minds, I think we can do a better job of that and yeah. value the other parts of our lives without ego, and I'm speaking for myself, not for you, taking over and saying, you're really, really important. You have to be out there working. Yeah. You know? Yep. Otherwise, you don't exist. Yeah. Yeah. I have to <laughs> say, when you said work-life balance, when Michael and I went to see Hamilton a couple years ago, like partway through, I think it was during the song where she's like, you know, come away to the lake with us. Yeah. So- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Michael leaned over and he was like, this show's about work-life balance. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, it is. <laughs> or it's also one of those things that like, that's the lens we bring to everything right, we do, right? Because it's a big thing for both of us. Um, but anyway, yeah, I think, I mean, I, I, I think the the risk of jobs like mine and yours and maybe other people who are listening too is that like, it it can... The beauty is that you can do it sort of from various different places and at various different hours. And the downside is that you can then do it from all places at all hours. Right. 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 That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Which is probably a little troubling. Yeah. Um, On another note that is probably related, I'm fascinated with people who take a job that I would think is mundane and maybe awful and are joyful in their work. Mm-hmm. Um, there, I don't know why I'm thinking about this, but there's a woman who works at Walgreens near our house. Mm-hmm. She works in cosmetics. She is 
exuberant every time you walk in there. Mm-hmm. And I, I wonder, like, I always find Walgreens to be this macabre place. I want to get in and out as fast as I yeah, can. Yeah, the lighting's bad, right? Oh, the lighting's bad. Yeah. Man. Yeah, you got to dim those. Like, <laughs> those fluorescents are like right. murder. Right? They They're are. Like in this room. Yeah. Kinda. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, and, and yet she finds this joy, um, and I'm sure she has a life outside of work, you yeah. know? And, um, and maybe it's partly that, is tending to life outside of work and finding meaning in just life and life right. with your family and life um, finding hobbies and things like that. And I find myself, just speaking for me, like um, pushing back against that all the time. Yeah. All the time. Do you think people are, I mean, psychologically speaking, do you think people are who they are sort of on a base level despite their circumstances or do you think circumstances make people who they are? You know what I mean? Like, do you Mm -hmm. think people have a baseline level of joy or sadness or whatever and then you put them in a circumstance and they're roughly about that joyful or roughly about that sad and then and bad stuff happens to them, they kind of eventually return to that base level. Good stuff happens to them, they eventually return. I mean, is that kind of how human nature works? That's definitely how human nature works by and large, right? And I think we develop this stuff early on. We develop a belief system about ourselves. Um, Not long ago— Okay, that's super interesting. Yeah, yeah, and and, um, and it's really not very malleable. Yeah, I mean four or five, like the oldest. It's like kind of set. You know, and part of it's the role you play in the family and part of it's what you're told about yourself. Mm. And so you're told what you are. You're told what you're not. Yeah. You know, and that becomes pretty hardwired. You trust the adults around you. And so if they tell you, you know, you're super smart, but you're not an athlete or vice versa, you tend to adopt that. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, If they have a a bleak view of the world, you tend to adopt that. Yeah. You know, and um, it can be unraveled, but it takes a ton of work. God, it's such a privilege to work with children. Oh, my God. As a child, as a child, as a teacher, as a doctor, as a nurse, anything. If you're in a kid's face and in their space, like, you are shaping them for life. I know this is like, duh, I'm saying a cliche. No, no, it it is, just when When you talk about how you are helping set their baseline for life with how well you believe in them or not and now i'm thinking of course of we had a terrible i'm not going to call this place out by name but we had a terrible experience a couple weeks ago with, with a music lesson that private music lessons i had signed my son up for where this teacher pretty much after like two sessions gave up on my son and uh wow yeah told us right in front of him like i don't i, I don't think you need to keep coming back like this isn't going to work out um Unbelievable. It was stunning. It yeah. was stunning. I had a very harsh talk with the place the next day. But, um, like, to make a kid, and that's, a, you know, my son, I think, will be fine. He gets lots of other wonderful messages and knows lots of other wonderful adults in his life. Um, but um, to watch him feel, like, utterly, like, unworthy of someone's time and incapable of learning something— 
Oh my god! Was it yeah. was actually tra- I mean, it was actually traumatic. It was. It had to be for you too. He, I mean, yeah, it was terrible. Yeah. And I'm, I know I sound like I'm exaggerating. I've something about a flute, but it was, it was terrible. Um, but to think about like my, my fear in those moments is like, oh my god, it's going to follow him around. Like he's going to hate music. He's going to feel like he's not, you know, able to do hard things. He's not like I, this is where I start to go. Um, and you know, I think we remedied it all in all sorts of ways, and I'm not going to betray his confidence on but right. anyway um you think about like kids who have experiences like that over and over from multiple adults yep. from their parents yeah from terrible teachers yep. from it's just it's oh, a heartbreaker and we're um we may be shifting channels here a little bit but i um i cannot endorse what you're saying enough and i think though for those of us and that's all of us i think who are who have young people's ears sometimes treat them with care. Like, you know, like your words carry weight and you don't know what you're going to say. That's going to stick. So if there's, I I always focus on, I often focus on the shtick of families and I hear it fast in a session. When I first meet families, I hear like, um, you know, Oh, she's not my math person. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's like, really? Are you sure? Yeah. Because, I bet she can do math. You right. Know, like, <laughs> right. Right. But I hear like the, the limitations set on children yes. young, right? Mm-hmm. You know, this idea that they can't or um, or they're incapable or they're lazy or, oh, this ADD is just going to be, you know, like you're limited, honey. You just can't. There's certain things yeah. you just aren't going to be able to do like other kids. And I'm just like, will you shut the hell up? Like, yeah. that's not true. You know, like a, your kid is perfectly capable. Yeah. And if there's another little challenge they have to take, everybody's got a little challenge. It's not the end of the world. Right. You know, like, but we were reckless. Yeah. I think way too often. That's the perfect with the word. well-being with, of kids. Yeah. Yeah. I think about that Pete Buttigieg quote all the time, and we talked about this on an earlier episode, but where he was answering that little girl who asked him the question about the bully at a campaign event. And he said something like, I'll paraphrase because I don't remember exactly what he said, but something like, you know, in every moment we have a choice. Am I going to make this better or worse? And I think about that with kids all the time. Like every single encounter you have with a kid, your kid, someone else's kid, like I can make this worse right now or I can make it better because you have the power. Like when you're the adult, you have the power. Yep, for sure. Um, yeah, no, and I love that quote. I love that moment. Um, and there's something about the way I, I've seen picture. There's a picture of him um, in Afghanistan, and he has an AR on his back, mm. and he's carrying an Afghani child on his oh. shoulders. Wow. <laughs> and it's like there's something, I don't know, like scary a little bit about it, yeah. but really like lovely. Like you can tell like the child means a lot more than the gun, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. like in that moment. Um, and – I was going to try to circle this back to back to work and paying attention to what kids say, what their inclinations are. Um, this, is, I think, is relevant because we parents especially have vision for our kids. We, mm-hmm. we picture – we want them to have these great lives, right? Mm-hmm. And, and every parent wants their kid – the cliche is we want our children to have better lives than we did. Mm-hmm. We want them to have easier lives, whatever. Um, but we don't always pay attention to like what seems right for this kid. Right? Yeah. You know, we, we're often thinking like, you know, 
I want you to be this, and mm-hmm. so I'm going to press you into these boxes. Mm-hmm. And I think it's hard as a parent to step way back and watch what box your kid is drawn to. Yeah, you know what I mean, like, and, yeah. and, and to follow that lead, especially when that lead is like not what you want it to be. Yeah, you know what I mean. To take yourself all the way out of it and to think like, you know, wow, she's just really funny and sarcastic and. Maybe there's something there. You yeah. Know? Maybe there's something there to curate and nurture and, you know, there's – that might be part uh, – an important part of her life going forward. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I don't think we do that very well. Well, and yeah, how much of that is even – how much – what sort of career they take up or what sort of pursuits they pursue um, should really be on – us. I mean, I feel like our role should be making them feel believed in and yeah. capable and we're a safe place to land when they fail and yeah. we're going to help them get back up. But like the actual thing they go do, I just I don't have any of that in me. Like, I, well, I'm going to need you to obviously you're going to college. Obviously, you're going to like I don't have any of that. Right, right. I really don't. That's awesome. I mean, so why do you think you don't? I think a lot of parents do. I work with parents all the time. Are kind of like you know this. It has to at least be this, and then this, and then this, and I then you can decide. You know, I don't know. I just love them so much. I just feel like all I really want is them to be like, you know, content, and yeah. I and not in a way that's like you know. I, I don't think that lets them off the hook because to 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 do something productive, whether it's you know take a trade or work at Walgreens or go to law school, whatever. Right. Because I don't think you find contentment without finding some purpose. So I want them to find purpose. But But I don't, I want it to be theirs. A hundred percent. I don't worry a whole lot about like them turning out bad. It's funny. This is, we are all over the place today. All all over the place. I mean, some, I'm convinced myself this flows, but you know, like people are like, are they high? (laughs) Is marijuana legal? It's early. Um, We took the L to to Chris Kindle Market Saturday, and on the way home, Will lost something valuable out of his pocket and, um, you know, was just beside himself with, you know, grief that he had lost this thing. Mm -hmm. And um, I was like, bud, we can replace that. Like, we'll go buy it tomorrow. It's not, I'm so not upset about you losing that. Right. Um, And later, Michael was like, you know, I just can picture that going so much worse. Like if, you know, he was made to feel bad about losing something or like, like, yeah, you were like, do you know know what that costs? And this is why we don't bring things with us that are, you know, and what, you know how uh, long I have to work to pay for that thing. Right. right. People love shaming their kids in that way. And I just was like, Oh my God, I can't, I can't imagine trying to make someone feel bad for losing something. Like I, it's a humans lose stuff like that is not a character flaw like i lose stuff constantly you lose stuff constantly like i'm gonna try to a raise a kid who doesn't lose things okay good luck that's not humanly possible (laughs) b make him feel bad for something that literally every human on earth does all the time right like it's my choice whether to replace it or not but to like bring any kind of feelings of shame or i don't know i just don't i don't have I don't feel a huge responsibility to like 
keep my kids from turning into blah, blah, blah. Like, keep my kids from turning into the kind of people who lose stuff and don't <laughs> know the value. Right. You know, or like, no, they have to go to college. No, they. I don't have that. I'm kind of just like, look, I am like your, I am here to be your, like, fan and your safe place. And if you need me, you your can come ride to me. And yep, your, yep. I'm crazy about you. Um, I'm going to need you to try really hard to be a good person. I'm going to call you on it when I feel like you're not being. And other than that, God, I don't know. I just don't have that. Like, you know, I need to put all these sort of like um, barriers in place to keep them on one certain path, I guess. My God, man. If you do nothing else today, rewind the last seven minutes of this podcast and listen to the wisdom of Heidi Stevens. Seriously, like that is that is such a clinic in great parenting. And I can feel that I think you're going to disagree and say it's just organic. It's just who I it's how I feel about my kids. And I think when you strip all the crap away, like fear and judgment and ego and stuff, and you just are the parent you want to be, that's what you want to be able to say easily, just like you just did. Like, that was beautiful. Aw, Really. Thank really. you. Yeah, and I, I can tell that you marvel at your kids, and, you know, you're not there to mold them into anything. You just want to see, like, where are you guys going? This is going to be amazing. Right. Like, this is already amazing. Right. Like, I didn't know you were going to go here. Yeah, I get to watch. Right, right, cool. right. Yeah, I didn't know you were going to be way in sports. I didn't know you were going to be this gymnast. I didn't right. know all this stuff was going to happen. No clue. And, and um, I like to think that that Julie and I kind of del- not even with thought raised our son this way. Yeah. And so you know to bring Hamilton back into it, you know, like he we hang out, we double date with him now yeah. that he's in his twenties, and um, and we never had that thing of he had to be something specific. Um, we tell this story pretty frequently where. Um, George was picking a college, and we had no horse in that race um, other than wherever we want you to be happy. And he picked his school, and Julie and I both have business majors on the wall that we do not use. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we found ourselves, like, discouraging him from going to business school. And and then once he did go to business school, Uh (laughs) because he thought, well, I think I want to get a job like my friends are going to, so I think I'm going to do that. But thanks for your thoughts. Yeah. Then he went to work for the company that where I had panic attacks every day for six years. And, you know, I I remember kind of like, don't do this. Don't go to business school. Don't work for this one company. You know, like (laughs) George did those two things. He's 24. He couldn't be on a better path for himself. Like, you know, like so. Well, and he's doing it differently than you did too. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's doing it with some degree of joy. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm kind of like. I love that he's on this path. And, you know, I feel the same way you do. I I don't think that feeling ever changes. Yeah. Because I feel like I can't wait for the next iteration. I can't wait to see what you do next. And I just like being with you. Yeah. I like being with you and I want you to feel that I love you. Yep. Yeah. Unequivocally. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of that simple. It, it kind of is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean it when I say, like, listen to Heidi. Like, that's... That is the key to parenting. Like, you know, you can read a lot of books and stuff, but that's it. That's if you can step aside and enjoy your kids the way you're talking about. And, well, I just love them. I don't need them to be anything in order for me to love them ever. What else do we need? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
So that was a very succinct <laughs> dissertation on God knows what. Totally linear. <laughs> if I had to describe this podcast in one word, it would be linear. Absolutely. Linear and crystal clear. Right. <laughs> Many conclusions drawn. <laughs> Hard conclusions. So I think you guys are walking away with good takeaways and to-dos and exercises. <laughs> As always. As yeah. always. As always. <laughs> I I hope you guys had I had fun. I this did was too. a so I, I gotta get back to fun. work though. Don't you oh, have to go to work? Right now. I'm supposed to be at work an hour ago. <laughs> All right. Um, um happy like, thanks. Are we are we are you here next week? Yeah. All right. I think I can. All right, so we're gonna we'll we'll, we'll trade recipes <laughs> next week. <laughs> Perfect. Have a good week. All right, bye. Bye guys.